Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. You must join the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it is there when you get out of your hell. And what's keeping you in your hell? Your resentments, your angers, your grudges, and your attitude of thinking that you have a right to judge other people and to resent them, and so on. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Above All Temptation. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, this is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. Let's take a call from uh, Greg in San Leandro. My name is Greg, San Leandro. My question is, is does hell have gates? Gates is a hell. God bless. Bye. Thanks, Greg. Good question. Does hell have gates? Well, Christ referred to the gates of hell when he was talking to the disciples. He asked them, he said, Who do people say that I the Son of Man am. And the disciples answered, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elias, some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, does hell have gates? Well, maybe it does. We don't know. There is a hell, and in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it sort of meant the realm of the dead. And we could also say that gates has the idea of uh, power. In other words, the power of hell will not prevail against the church. Now, I think this is a very good way to begin a talk about God's power and Christ's power and the devil's power. Now, the devil doesn't have any power other than what he is allowed to do, and he animates himself with energy from people who he tempts. In other words, he doesn't have any power, but he steals power from people that he tempts. And so, if you don't want to have the devil to have power over you, then don't give up your energy to him and the people who he is using to power them and him to tempt you even more. For example, let's take the gambling casinos, for example. So what do they do? Well, they tempt people. And people give up 
their money. And the more they give up, the more people who are tempted and give up money to, to it, the more powerful it becomes. Have you noticed that? So it becomes big, big, big. And its power comes from all of the tempted people who give it its money. So you could also point to something like, uh, oh, there are many other examples that you could give. But that's a, that's a good example of people giving up money in this case. And then it becomes more and more powerful. Well, you could take the example of any uh, dictator. Let's say Hitler, for example. Well, people gave up power to him, and he became more and more powerful, didn't he? And in your own life, you give power to other people. And how do you give power? By reacting to them. And when you react, they take your power. Now, that doesn't mean that people around you are evil. But it, it means that, let's say, let me see how can I say this. It means that their modus operandi, the way they act, is, the, is a hellish economy. It's a zero-sum gain economy. It's a one person wins and another one loses economy. It's not a win-win economy. Do you understand? So one person browbeats another person and the other person feels defeated and gives up power to the one that browbeats them. One person tempts another one, seduces another one with praise or with flattery or something or other. And the one who is seduced gives up power. One person irritates the other person, and the person who is irritated gives up power. Do you, do you see? And so now you know why you feel drained and tired and so on around certain people. They have a way of draining you. Now, as I said before, that doesn't mean that they're evil but they're using the principle of one-upmanship or the principle who, of whoever reacts first is the loser. You know that. You've, I'm sure you've all heard that the, the old saw that uh, if you have a salesman and he's trying to sell somebody something and then finally he says, all right, is there any reason why you're not ready to make a buying decision right now? And there's silence and whoever responds first is the loser. And it's usually the one that he's selling to, and the one that is selling to will say something, but somehow he ends up signing on the dotted line. So that doesn't mean that the salesman is, is a bad person, and it doesn't mean that we don't have to, to buy cars, and it doesn't mean there don't have to be salesmen. I'm just making the point. So we all know that the one who blinks, the one who flinches, is the one that then starts backing down. We know that's the case. You've seen it in the movies, in the old Western movies, for example. You've seen that. Well, I think you got the idea. How are you going to keep wrong people, manipulative people, and seductive people from having power over you? Well, you have to reach the point that you are above every temptation. Christ said, be ye perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. You have to be so that nothing can get to you. Did you know you should be inwardly directed? 
Roland discusses this and more in his latest YouTube video, Finding the Kingdom of God. To view it and much more, go to youtube.com and find the Talk to a Pastor channel. But it's more than just flinching and backing down and losing. It's also giving up an energy. In other words, one dog, I don't know what the term you use, beats up on another dog, and then that dog goes and beats up on another dog and another dog to recoup the energy that it lost to the first one. There is that. So people just somehow sense that. They have a kind of a sixth sense for that. They just kind of know that uh, if they can get to you. See, it, it's, it's really simple. It's not complicated. They know that if they get to you, that you end up somehow giving in. And when you give in, well, it's sort of a giving up of power, isn't it, when you give in? But it also is a literal giving up of power. You literally can give your energy to other people. They feed off of you. They feed off of your energy. So the devil takes our energy. And so do people who know how to get to you. And as time goes by, see, the one who wins, for example, the bully, the bully, we all know that the bully is basically a coward underneath. But the bully bullies people and they give in. And he bullies people and they give in and they give in. And he gains confidence and he gains power. But one day, someone doesn't give in. They call the bluff. And all of a sudden, the bully feels crestfallen. And his true underneath fears are revealed. You see what I mean? Here's another example, which is somewhat analogous. Let's say you have someone who, um, who tells an inappropriate joke. And he tells the inappropriate joke, and then the people around him, what do they do? Well, they kind of sheepishly uh, grin, or they sheepishly go, ha, ha, ha. See what I mean? Or they actually laugh at the, the inappropriate joke. But what happens... When a person tells an inappropriate joke and the other person just looks at them and doesn't react, no reaction whatsoever, just looks at them. All of a sudden, that person who doesn't get feedback, see, he doesn't get the sheepish reaction or the moans or the, or the groans or the laughs, suddenly he feels totally, what's the word? He feels totally weak. What's the word to use? He, suddenly he has to face himself and see himself for what he is. And he loses power right there. Bam! He's lost his power. So there's all of these examples that I've given that are figurative, but then there's also real power, real energy. People, people give up their energy. Have you ever noticed, have you ever seen a family where there's like one person that's, that's uh, super energetic and filled with energy and then uh, the uh, the ones around them, the family members, the spouse or the kids or, or whatever, is just totally uh, emaciated and totally drained of energy. Well, you can be sure that the one that has lots and lots of energy is, is draining it from the others. So there is that. So what is the power then? Well, wrong people, wrong people gain power. First of all, real power, real energy. And secondly, a real 
one-upsmanship type of power, and thirdly, hypnotic power. So the hypnotic power is kind of like a spell. Um, let's say that you had, I'll give you an example. Let's say you, you have an assembly of some sort, and somebody up at the front is going on and on about ranting and raving or telling stories or something, and, and the whole crowd is spellbound. But then all of a sudden, a baby starts crying, or all of a sudden, outside, the, the wind blows and the door bangs, or all of a sudden, the electricity fails, or all of a sudden, the person in front, their microphone doesn't, doesn't work. Where all of a sudden somebody stands up and said, hey, wait a minute, that's not, that's not true. And everybody goes, oh, they were all in a spell, and now the spell is broken. See? So there's a kind of a spell. And that spell gives that person at the front um, a sort of a hold on everyone, doesn't it? Well, so now you see that there's hypnotic power, there's real power, there's one-upmanship power. And people know how to use it to control, to control others and manipulate others. And bullies use it. And seducers use it. And entertainers and public speakers use it. And politicians use it. And thereby, they, they actually gain real power. Real power. All right. So how are you going to keep wrong people... Manipulative people and seductive people from having power over you. Well, you have to learn to be independent. You have to learn to flow from within and not be concerned about other people and what they think about you and not fall for their ploys, not fall for... See, you have to reach the point that you are above... Every temptation, Christ said, be ye perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. You have to be so that nothing can get to you. This is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I began playing the piano at age six and played several solo recitals between ages 12 and 15. I played all of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles, such as the one you're currently hearing, the Evocacion from the Suite Iberia by the Spanish composer Isaac Albeniz. The listener call-in line is available 24-7. Call Roland now at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. You have to reach the point that you are above Every temptation, Christ said, be ye perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. You have to be so that nothing can get to you. Some of us learn how to become sort of that way 
in a compensatory fashion by using the game of one-upmanship over others or by always trying to appear good in everybody's eyes and never making a mistake. But instead, it must be natural. In other words, you're naturally happy-go-lucky, naturally spontaneous, naturally have a a devil-may-care attitude, naturally be a free spirit. And then you speak your mind and see, truth has a power, doesn't it? When you speak the truth and when you don't care about consequences, you just speak the plain and simple truth. It has power, doesn't it? So you have to become that way. You have to learn to function from an independent, see, Christ said, of myself, I can do nothing. It is the Father within who does the works. Christ said, I can, of myself, I could do nothing. It was Heavenly Father did the works. You have to not react. And what's your biggest reaction? Emotion. Resentment. Just as an, as an example, the next time you become resentful, notice how you lose power. You immediately lose power. The moment you become resentful, the moment you become impatient, the moment you feel crestfallen, the moment you get your feelings hurt, you lose power. Now, you may try to compensate by it, by drawing up energy from within to become angry or something, or in guilt, you may try to do extra things to compensate and try to win the approval of the other person. But basically, you've lost power. So you have to learn not to become emotional, not to become resentful, not to become angry, not to become impatient. See, the, the problem with impatience is that when you are impatient, especially with your children, it's a sign of weakness. It's like the bully is really a coward underneath. The impatient person is really a weak person who doesn't have patience. But the effect that it has upon your children, for example, it upsets them, and they become upset, and then they lose power. And they then become the victim of the impatient one. And the impatient one takes energy from those who are the victim of that impatience. So you must give up your victims. No more victims. Don't try to manipulate people. Don't be impatient with them. Don't try to motivate them. Don't try to use them. Don't take advantage of them on the one hand. And on the other hand, watch out for your own resentments and your own reactions, emotional reactions, and learn to let those go. So you can do that by learning to stand back, taking a mental step back, and learning to watch, to observe, and to not react. Just watch. Like, for example, when you see people at a tennis match in the crowd, they turn their head one way as the ball goes that way, and then they turn their head to the other side. Their head turns back and forth. They're just watching. And you see that with kids, too, when they're watching their parents, for example, talking. They look at mommy, and then they look at daddy, and then they look at mommy. And what are they doing? They're just watching. You must learn to do that. Just watch people. Don't resent them. Don't be angry at them. Don't be impatient with them. Don't judge them. Just watch them. And wait. Don't jump to conclusions. You really don't know. So don't judge other people. You don't know. You're not walking in their shoes. So don't judge them. Just 
learn to watch people. Don't try to have power over them. And by not wanting to have power over them, you will then be able to flow from within. They won't be able to get to you, and you won't get to them. Do you understand? You set them free, and you are free of them. You are free, actually, to love. When you stop all of your reacting and causing other people to react, and you're just like a beautiful flower growing toward the sun, then other people are allowed to also be beautiful flowers growing toward the same sun as you grow toward. Independent, but all growing toward the same sun. That's the way you must be in life. Then you won't give up power, but you'll have good power. Moses gave up his power. He could have been a pharaoh. He could have become the pharaoh eventually. He was a prince. He gave it up. He went out to be in the desert. Then God gave him great power. You must be like that. Give up your power over others. Don't try to fool them. Don't try to get over on them. Don't try to win. And then you, you can win by not losing. And your, all of your little interaction with people can be win-win. They can be win-win interactions. So now you understand when you're faced with someone who is tempting you, for example, to resent them or tempting you to hate them, when you're faced with a person who is tempting you in some way, it's not the person in front of you who's the enemy. The real adversary is what's inside of them. It's the error operating through them. When you don't hate the person, when you don't resent the person, when you don't react to them, then the error operating through them feels starved. It is starved of energy, and it feels exposed, and then it lets its victim go. And the person standing in front of you is experiencing the power of love, and all you're doing is not reacting. And if you respond in any way, it's only with what you realize in the moment. Mostly, all you have to do is watch. The error is exposed. It lets the victim go. And the victim may be very grateful. And if it is in them to come toward the light, the light which is in you, the truth, up until now, they have been a prisoner of what's been holding them. And you're not reacting to them with resentment and with anger. Thereby, the error lets them go. And they are free to come over to the good side if they wish to. It's very beautiful. That is the principle of forgiveness, of not resenting other people. And thereby, they become free. And you become Sir Galahad. You are the knight in shining armor who now may rescue the princess who is held captive in the tower. And you do so with no power of your own, but the power that comes through you when you don't resent the other person and you don't try to use them and you're not impatient with them and you're not angry with them and you don't try to do anything to them, then the good power comes through you. It's very, very beautiful.
You must join the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it is there when you get out of your hell. And what's keeping you in your hell? Your resentments, your angers, your grudges. And your attitude of thinking that you have a right to judge other people and to resent them, and so on. So that's what's keeping you there. It's keeping you from being able to perceive. It says in the Bible, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Well, the kind of knowledge you need is intuition. You must become a discoverer, an explorer, a true scientist, and you must discover the clues that lead you to the kingdom of God. You have to get out of your hell. And no one can help you. You have to find your way out. It's like the movie a long time ago, which was called Dark Crystal. It was about this little wonderful person who was lost in this world filled with terrible ogres. And eventually this little Gelfling, I think he was called, he met another person who was a girl, and she was also a Gelfling, and together they found their way out of this terrible world of ogres. Well, now you live in a terrible world of ogres, and the ogres prey upon you, upon your weakness, and they want to keep you weak, and they want to control you and keep you in prison, and the people around you people were at where you work, and even members of your own family. They, they seem to have the same attitude. They don't want you to see the truth because then you'll see them for what they are. So you have to find your way out. And it begins by not resenting other people. See, the danger is that when you see what people are up to, that you resent them. You've, that's, all, that's the way it's always been. Maybe when you were younger, you had a, a keen sense of justice. And you had, uh, you could see people, you could see the teachers were weird, the coaches were weird. You saw they were weird. But problem was, you lost your sense of humor. You used to have a sense of humor, remember? You could laugh with your friends. It was, and you saw the authorities for what they were. And you could laugh. Some of them were decent. Some of them were just foolish. Some of them were mean. But you had your friends, and you guys could laugh. But you lost your sense of humor somewhere along the way because you became resentful. And so now I want you to see that you got to let go of resentment so you can be free. Christ came to free you. You have to find him. He said, you know, don't resent other people. Don't hate other people. Let go of your grudges against other people. Don't judge other people. Stop fixating on other people and everything they're doing wrong. Just go about your business and watch and, and learn to stand back. Stand back and watch instead of becoming angry and resentful over things. And then you'll begin to find your way out of this prison in which you are currently living. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.